ring, 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 ring. Tell folks, tell me what's going on with you, my African sister. Why does your voice change on this every day? Hi. It's called, you know, every day is like a different voice. It's my practice during quarantine, but every voice is like an angel singing, so don't worry about it. I just want to bless the world. You've been letting somebody be telling you lies, but that's that's all good. Mm-mm, I only speak truth. I only am around truth. Um, Somebody's especially uh, in these times. You. There's enough lies going around from other people. I don't need to add <laughs> to it. But How, how's it going with you? I, I think that's always a loaded question these days, right? I think I'm fine, um, given the circumstances. Alhamdulillah, my circumstances are better than a lot of people's um so i am i am grateful for that um i am a masker not an anti-masker so um you know wear my mask go outside when i only only when i need to and just keep myself indoors because like there's really nothing that i need or want outside that's the same thing i've been doing yeah trying to trying to stay safe and trying to make sure that people around me don't get sick yeah, it's scary know, out here that a lot of people are doing going whatever around they want. Yeah, I, I was in Pennsylvania um, this week, earlier this week, and people actually last weekend, um, I was driving around and folks were the um, restaurants were packed, and folks were not even you know there was no social distancing inside the restaurant. People were not wearing uh, masks. I'm just like it just feels like some folks are acting like this thing is gone. I don't know. No, it doesn't feel like that is the reality on the ground, and or they don't care. So um, I think it's that the- is also you know you can't will coronavirus away i think we've talked about that before yeah um and unfortunately it's become a political issue and it's it's it's, not it's been turned Um, into one well i just think it's it's you know it's these moments where i kind of go i'm not uh, you know america americans i kind of go they (laughs) that's where the african part comes out right because you go (laughs) We, this is such an individualistic society that you going out to get beer or get a haircut or, you know, do basic things. Going to the bars, which was shocking to me. Right. That's more important to you than helping protect the life of your neighbor. Yeah. Um, I'm still out here thinking the whole thing is a hoax and it's the. No, they're not. They're, they're, sorry. I mean, they are thinking, they're willing it to be a hoax, which I think is different. Right. Um, It's just really sad to see. Um, and I think it is a, it's a, it's a long, it's not a culmination, but it is the result of many years of mm-hmm. devaluing education and expertise. Yeah. yeah. Everybody thinking that they should have an opinion on everything um, that we see in a lot of places, and it's like. It's, are I, was, you a medical I, I was doctor? just about a meme today where somebody posted, you know. Oh yeah, I shouldn't sarcastically. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be listening to the public health experts. I should be listening to the the guy who failed all his science classes in high school. Yeah, that's what it essentially comes down to, and it's just like, um, well, that is your prerogative, but you're not going to. You're not going to catch me doing that. So you can go ahead and have your barbecues, your whatever it is, um, but we're not talking. we're not talking i'm not doing that i wear a mask to go get the mail and i don't care because 
Mm-hmm. That is what I need to do to keep myself protected. Yeah. Um, I think the shaming of people and it's just, it's also, you know, um, I remember having a conversation with a more conservative friend um, who was like, well, people need their livelihoods and they need to work. But what people are doing I'm sorry, what? Work. No, 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 no. But like, you know, for people who need to like, it needs to open up so that people can go to work. Oh, gotcha. So they can die at work? <laughs> like, who, who, do you know why black people are amongst the highest groups of people? Because we are more likely to be essential workers. Yeah. So it's just that kind of like, how, here's an idea. How about we just give people money to be home because it is not their fault that we... <laughs> Uh, how are you going to how are you going to encourage the I mean the government can encourage the private companies to do that but I was talking to a lady who used to um, we actually bonded when I when I used to work in DC she used to clean the building that I worked in and I was actually telling her oh like I had assumed of course with my with where I'm sitting I had assumed they would let you all stay home and we're paying you because the building that you're in I know that folks are not actually going into work they're working from home so why would they be making you go in to clean and she was like yeah they just told us you either you have two choices you can stay home and receive no pay or you can come in yeah. So they chose, she and her friends chose to come in and the thing was they would come in and just sit. But the real issue was that is that they don't, none of them drive, most of them don't drive. So they so have to take public transportation train yep. to yep. get there. And I'm like, you're putting people at risk just to come and sit there so you can pay them. Where I'm sure had you talked to, had you spoken to the owners of the building, you could have come to an agreement, maybe two times a week, maybe, you know, stagger it because you'll still be keeping it clean. I just don't understand why. No, I do understand why, and I do think that this is a part of the reason why. And you know, the liberal in my the liberalness of my politics come out with this. A lot of these states that are opening up early, it's so that people wouldn't get that extra unemployment. When you force people oh, to, yes, yes. you know, uh, a lot of these, you know, not essential workers, but the hairdressers, you know, yeah. these places, people have, people are smart. They do the math, and you figure, yeah, why would I go out and risk my life if I oh, could stay home and get making that calculation? And that get the same or better yeah yeah but when your governor makes it for you yeah you don't have a choice so that has been um really frustrating to look at and see just how the extent to which people really just don't give shit a shit about anybody yeah about others it's um and how we can have these carve outs for uh i definitely flipped out on a friend because yeah having these kind of conversations i was like um they gave money to Shake Shack. If you can give money to Shake Shack and oh, you know, those other companies that got the first yeah. dibs, I'm like it's not even small businesses that got the first dibs on those those no. loans. Not even like money to have. But Why can't we going give... to be wiped away? These people are not going to have to pay the money back. Well, what I, what, what I'm saying is that like the the regardless of whether it's a loan or not or in between, it's not reaching the people that need it. Yeah, we are not as as a society as up in arms about that as you are about the prospect of somebody getting an extra check. I don't know this idea of like we can't, you know. It's um, I read a book. (laughs) I've been reading many books as TV winds down, but I read this book like last year, two years ago. It's called Dying of Whiteness, Mm. and um, it is about why 
certain pockets of American society mm-hmm. will, will support to their last breath policies that are bad for them. So, like, why certain swaths of America, we ain't got to say which ones, are diehard about guns, even though the number one cause of uh, the number, the biggest group of people who die by suicide are white men and they mm-hmm. do it by gun. What is the reason that whiteness? Whiteness is what they have. Oh. There are people in states who like they he he featured a you know he, it's like a sociology book but like mm-hmm. um, economy book economics book. He went to different states to kind of like focus in on this. There's this guy. Uh, it's always I always get it mixed up. It's Tennessee and another state. One state has Obamacare, the other state doesn't. Mm-hmm. And there's a man on oxygen talking mm-hmm. about he don't want no Obamacare because he doesn't want the Mexicans to get it. Well, die then. Go ahead and die then. <laughs> because the only thing you have to your name, or the only thing wow. that people—that's the premise of the book—and it made a lot of sense. It's like you see this family; their son killed himself with a gun. Yeah, and they no, are still it, it, hardcore it makes, it makes about. Sense. But it. there's a point at which these same people—I I don't know if it's them or the lawmakers. There's always a point at which, and I always use the law on drugs as an example. There's always a point at which these these laws, these policies, start adversely affecting white pockets, white population, and at that point, things start to change. But I think it's two different things, though. Um, I think the, the premise of that book is why do basically why do poor white people yeah. for lack of a or, you know, white people in general, but conservative poor whites support policies that are actually detrimental to them. And the reason that he posits and I'm assuming he's white is because that's right. all they have to their name and they'd rather be white. If they're not white, then they don't have everything else. I think that that is a separate thing from the war on drugs issue where it's like being a drug addict was criminalized and you were trash and all these things and now no, you're supposed they, to be they sad to, right that's what i'm saying it used to be it is but now it's not supported right like it is something but that we I, could, I think and that's the that's the i think they still like i think down to it the guy you're the author is right of the book you read is right that de- if, when it comes down to it they'll still support those policies although it's detrimental to them but at a, at a certain point I, I think at a certain point policymakers see it and then they change it but it's I, only when it's affecting them. But I still see it as two different things. I mean, I don't know. This is we're we're being very chicken and egg. Um, gun control policy is very different from drug policy. Um, oh, and I, I I see what you I see what you I mean like the I mean whatever the gun lobby and blah 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 blah. That's all just like a very different setup overall um, mm-hmm. than it is. I mean, but even with gun control, if black people started registering. Guns. Well, I think that policy would get changed. Um, have you I, seen the clip yes. from Bojack Horseman? I mean, it was about women, but it was a gun control in that the Bojack Horseman world. Mm. Women wanted guns or something, and so that mobilized Congress really quick to have gun control laws because women wanted it for you know to protect themselves against street harassers as soon so as i think they guns, they, they will they will change as soon as they see black people you know getting a significant number of people of color registering for them it would change um and it's 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 a sad sort of reality which kind of brings us to <laughs> what's been going on big, yeah what's going on um over the past several weeks yeah. as um, a lot of people um, 
white, brown, and some black folk too. I think yeah. some black immigrants as well yeah. have really um, have discovered that racism is alive and well in America. <laughs> Mind blowing, breaking news. Oh my god, breaking. Um, and that has been interesting to see in terms of public reaction and yeah. also, you know, one-on-one interactions with people. Yeah. <sighs> and brings up a lot. I know you made a post about um, performative allyship. So just in general, what's your take <laughs> on what, what have you been experiencing and seeing and feeling? Yeah, in the post that I'd made, um, I was actually walking in my neighborhood, as sometimes I do. And I, I walk to the park and I walk back. Um, it's close enough that I can do that. And there was there's a neighbor, I'm assuming she lives in this neighborhood as well. But she drove. Um, we encountered each other at the park. She had a dog. Um, she moved her dog out of my way. You know, we just nodded, looked at each other, smiled. You know, th- those fake smiles. Mm-hmm. We smiled at each other. Um we say nothing to each other. We actually encountered each other several times as I was walking down the path. Um, we say nothing to each other. I start walking home. Um, I was actually with my sister. We start walking back and we're just chatting. Um, we get to our junction. We're about to make a left to get into our area, our immediate neighborhood. And she, all we hear is somebody slowing down their car and screaming no justice no peace with her fist outside the window yes, and in yay. fact in the very beginning like when when as soon as we heard that we both got startled <laughs> we got scared and i just turn around and i see that it's her and we just glare at her we quickly turn and just quickly start walking at that moment in time i just felt like she had somehow othered us <laughs> And made a lot of assumptions about us because of the skin, the color of our, our of our skin. It, it's just she made me feel like an outsider in my own neighborhood. Why couldn't she treat me like the other the other folks? Because there was a gentleman actually who would he was walking behind us sort of, but he was a good like let's say half a mile behind us, and I didn't see him her do that to him. So why are you kind of othering us as we're walking down? you know down the road i just just felt very uncomfortable um i felt like a lot of white folks i wouldn't say all um try to make it sound as if you know they 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 want to believe that they're not racist um Mm -hmm. they say that they're not racist because racism to them is black and white it's either you are or you're not and that's it but yeah. I think racism is more nuanced than that. Racism is a lot. I, I keep telling my friends, like, racism is about power dynamics. That's what it is. And when you're benefiting from those power dynamics and you want to keep those structures in place, at the end of the day, you may not call yourself racist, but at the end of the day, you're helping perpetuate the, the system. You're helping the system go along. Well, I think it's, it's what we talk about, you know, as I said, performative allyship. Yeah. I don't want you to yell don't no justice no peace i don't want i don't care that aunt jemima has changed this name or <laughs> you know you know just like you know all these people who have been picture, making yeah. money off yeah. of being you know performing the voices yeah. of black characters and change yeah. this name and you know change this ride at this park or do this yeah. or that like all of that is just for sure nothing is really yeah ch- that's changed. not that's not that's not concrete change like yeah. people need 
to feel black people need to feel safe walking down the street you need to feel police reforms I think that's one thing that because we live in different realities. So they always I, I am I'm I'm beginning to see that there there's folks always, you know, they see because we're not we're not living and existing in the same reality, they think that we do. So because they feel safe, they're wondering why aren't you feeling safe? Yeah. No, I feel completely safe. That's absolutely that's absolutely true. I had a conversation with a friend and she was like, Oh, but like you're like educated and you dress well uh, i was like what she's <laughs> like well would you call the police i was like at this point i told her about a tatiana jefferson because it was a neighbor yeah. that called the police for wellness check yes. i was like and that girl yeah. ended up dead so no yeah. i don't feel comfortable calling the police because they're more likely to and you know there's so many instances of people you know i saw a video of a store owner who called them and they ganged up on him for you know in the you know, whatever there was a robbery or something in Georgia and they arrested him and like clobbered him and I was like I don't want to go through the like suing the police you don't want to be that it doesn't really a matter story how about you a, a pastor in Virginia a Caucasian family had come on his property and they were trying to I think throw a refrigerator an old refrigerator on his property and he called the police and when the police a policeman he's known for over 20 years um, and the policeman knows exactly who that pastor the pastor is and the policeman comes and lets the people go and he actually handcuffs the pastor yeah that doesn't make any sense like it's these kinds of things where it's just like I I know this is an everyday reality at this yeah. point, and so I can't. Um, like you said, I, I, I don't. It, it comes down to empathy, hmm. um, and that's something I've been thinking a lot yeah. about too. Um, and I've always said this, and I've probably said this on here before, is that we really do suffer from a lack of it. If what you need is to have a friend or sister or brother, you know, it's kind of like with like gay rights, you know, so many politicians are against it and then they end up with a kid or a nephew or a grandkid and all of a sudden their views have changed. It is statistically impossible for me to know somebody who represents every single marginalized group that exists even in my neighborhood, much less this world. And so I do need to be able to use some logic, if not anything else i don't need to know a syrian refugee personally to know that being a refugee sucks and so maybe i want to be nicer i don't need to know a trans person personally to know that they should not be getting killed for being who they are and yet there is this disconnect um, particularly in america and i think i see it also you know I, i think about um some of the people who have been murdered and the logic the disgusting, absolutely disgusting logic that people use to mm. rationalize why the person was murdered. murdered in the middle of a street like that is mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, uh, some of which is, oh, he was a criminal. Do, just because somebody is a criminal, do they deserve to die? I don't think nobody. I, yeah, I, again, I had a, um, definitely have blown up on people and <laughs> about that. Absolutely not. You know, this is the kind of stuff that New York Times, I'm going to pick up these liberal media outlets. They love to go to war-torn countries. They love to go to brown countries and black countries Mm -hmm. and say, look at these Africans killing each other. Mm -hmm. Look at these people in the Middle East. They can't get their crap together. And I'm like, you put 
you I live in a country where somebody can put their knee on somebody's neck. Yeah. While people exactly. watch and 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 do clamp and say, "Hey, this person needs help," and nobody does anything. Yeah. I'm sorry, but what's the difference between that and an ISIS execution? That's the difference. We're supposed to have rule of law. We're supposed to have a court system. We're supposed to have those things in place. But somehow it's okay for someone to get killed for for being suspected of having a fake $20 bill. Um, So, yeah, that part is really hard. And I think what's been hard, too, is honestly, you know... um, And that's why I said at the beginning, right, it's it's not just about white people realizing that racism exists. A lot of people of color are just are, starting to yeah. snap their minds to it. I really appreciated uh, Hassan Minhaj's uh, episode on this where he calls out the Asian community and the Muslim community and, you know, basically the non-black community, the non-black Asian community about its anti-blackness and how rampant it is there mm-hmm. and how that is not okay. Um, I think that it did make me think of, I mean, because one, number one, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And it's something that we don't really talk about, right? Like how anti-blackness, anti-Africanness, which I always say is a global phenomenon. <laughs> but I think also for us as African.Americans, I think it was, it has been an interesting time for our community as well, because this is also something that we experience and mm-hmm. I think older Africans are really getting it now mm-hmm. as you know some of the people who have been killed by police have been African dot Americans right they've yeah. been people yeah. who came here as kids they've been people who were born here um, it's kind of interesting because we were thinking about you know we had that episode on reparations before things kind of popped off mm-hmm. yet again mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird space, I think, to be thinking about what it means to be black um, and how you do have certain, um, what's the word that we use? Certain privileges mm-hmm. that come, right? Because America mm-hmm. is, and we acknowledge it all the time, it's very much a community. It is very, is very, It is very much a society that's built on keeping African Americans at the bottom. And that's why when yeah. immigrant groups, even black people, people of African descent come to the U.S., they try as much as possible to distance themselves from the African-American community. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we settle for the scraps at the table because that's what those in power want us to have. Um, And but it, it also is interesting, again, because like we are. There is that piece, but we're not inured to this and these these things that happen can easily be one of us yeah um and there's no amount of money you can have there's no neighborhood you can put yourself in actually sometimes the richer the neighborhood the worse it is for you (laughs) i saw you know i read an article about a guy in michigan he's african-american guy but um i believe uh farmington hills which my understanding is a good neighborhood i went Mm -hmm. to university of michigan again in arbor and i remember people saying that that was a good neighborhood facial recognition software identified him as somebody who stole like $4,000 worth of something and they called him and they're like we want to arrest you so they came to his house and arrested him and uh, off of his driver's license like whatever software y'all were using it's not accurate you know and so he went through that and I was just like 
you know, he probably has a good job. <laughs> he probably, you know, he probably has a nice house. They probably live yeah. in a nice neighborhood with the, you know, white picket fence and all of that. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't protect you at all. They actually uh, tend to, they tend to actually also follow the, like, this is my brother-in-law, my sister's, uh, my, my sister's experience where she, they'd moved into your neighborhood middle-class neighborhood this is in pennsylvania rural pennsylvania yeah not um, philly <laughs> yeah. and they are she's driving to her neighborhood and literally the cop follows her yeah until she gets to her um the front of her house and she says she actually stops she sees him doing it so she just stops and sits in her driveway and just watches him yeah i don't you know, there's there, there really is nothing that you can do to feel safe. Yeah. And it is really hard to... The thing about the fact that, that that's, like, your reality, again, um, this is a country that calls out other countries mm-hmm. for behaviors and things like public executions for, for and other human, things. For like, human, for what, for what they human call rights. rights violation. Exactly. But you, we sit here and we do we do worse than a lot of these other countries who sit here and we call say, out. Say in Egyptian Arabic, together. Exactly. That human rights violations, and yet this is the reality and you live and work in spaces where people really don't understand that and they still don't even after all of this there's plenty of people who still don't get it so that's where your your comments about empathy comes in please because i think when you ask a lot of non-black people in this country some of them will tell you that they understand and that they empathize but that's that's where it ends like they will they will tell you I empathize I see it I understand but that is exactly where it ends like there's nothing that's done to dismantle or change anything because they're comfortable you know in a sense they're comfortable yeah. where they are so why should I be less comfortable to make why should I make myself uncomfortable well I think it comes out you. When you see there are people who want to do it, it, it is such a big problem that it can feel overwhelming when you think about what are the things that I can do. That's yeah. one piece of it. And then the other piece of it is that people often want a quick fix. Yeah. And you cannot expect something that happened over the course of centuries to have the resolution of it in a book. And if it's a book, please don't read Ibram Kendi's like How to Be Anti-Racist or whatever his <laughs> book is called. That book is, it, there are better books out there. Oh, um, uh, there's a How to Be Less Stupid About Race, I think it's called, by Crystal Fleming, professor at, um, in the Sunni system. Sunni, yeah. Sunni, not as in Sunni Shia, Sunni as in S-U-N-I. <laughs> <laughs> Ijeoma Uluo has writings. I mean, they're just better people than... They're better books than that if you really want to put in the work. I think that it is. There's also the piece that's kind of like. I mean, it's like you said, but I, I, I guess to tease it out more, there are people who are complacent. They claim they're ignorant, that it's ignorance, <laughs> that it's, com- you know, at, at, uh, at a certain point, the ignorance is willful, but it's not really yeah. ignorance anymore because I'm talking about the people who, and we know we know them, 
who commit microaggressions every day, but they have Black Lives Matter on their face page. Uh, it's it's the it's in, it's in the same light of the you know I there did come a point where I was just like I I cannot I do not want to talk to a non-black person today. But then I you know I said all right I'm just gonna be in my own world. I'm like you know what I'm gonna listen to my Audible book. <laughs> Open up Audible. Black lives matter. Really? If Black lives mattered, maybe if lives mattered to you as an yeah. company. Maybe you would pay your workers a living yeah. rate of the mass. Yeah. Only until you are absolutely pushed. Yeah. And you're just doing it not because you want. This is not. It's, it's because um, it's a in your pocket. It's not organic. Yeah. It's not organic. Yeah. You're saying it because you have to. I would rather have you not say anything than to make these performative statements with yes. no back, with nothing behind it. Um, and I think that that's the hard part. It's sort of like. There's just been a lot of making the statements. There is also the hierarchy that comes out. Like I've had non-black people ask me, am I at protests or black people in other countries? And I'm kind of like, no. Are you at protest? Am I at protests? There's this like, frankly, I don't, I don't appreciate that because mm. I'm black. This is my reality. Whether I'm outside at a protest or I'm inside protecting myself from coronavirus Mm -hmm. that's not a choice that i should have to make i respect people's decision to go out there and do it but the the one-upmanship it kind of feels like in some cases it's not like oh i I just i don't i i don't say that to people if i hear there's a protest going on in somebody's neighborhood and they black i check in on them i say i heard that they're protesting your neighborhood are you okay now are you at protest right now how are you doing what no no you want me to (laughs) It kind of feels like you want to live vicariously through me. It is very hard. I think that has been something that's been very hard for me. That, to... that I would even characterize that mess as a microaggression. I, mean, I think people don't realize that they're doing it, right? Um, or, you know, it's just... It... Like, I, I try very hard to balance my own mental health and well-being Yeah. with enlightening people but i also remind myself that my title my job title is not teacher yeah no this is not your job yeah it's not but people are there and so it is i think that's another thing that has been very hard and again sometimes it's black people but like black people who don't live in the u.s and i think that's another piece um (laughs) of the pie I would I would say that it black people who even those who live in the US but haven't been here for long enough um, who've been here for let's say two years three years some of them do not appreciate what's going on they do not see and I was one of them frankly it wasn't no, no, wait, you haven't been here for two no no you've been here your whole life <laughs> but in the beginning certain things that happen to you you chalk it up to ignorance you chalk it up to oh they don't know any better like someone coming to you and asking you do you guys live in trees when she did that we didn't think racist we thought oh she doesn't know any better she's never been to africa she's never read about africa she's never seen the africa that we live in until it starts adding up and bit by bit you start realizing you become tired of it and you start realizing that this is like a heavy unseen burden that you start having to live with and sometimes, you know, as, as I've grown older, I wonder how black folk do it. 
how do you live in the system? How have you lived in the system where your parents, your grandparents, your grandparents, they've gone through all of these, all of these burdens that people don't even realize they put on you? Like, how do you even go through it and try to live live the semblance of a life that people call, you know, the, the great American life? I would say that, like, I guess what I meant more so is that I mean, all of you, what you just said is absolutely true and it is very heavy, but in the spirit of like, are you going to protest? Are you standing up for this or that? It can be very straining to have Mm -hmm. non-black people and black people who are not in the U.S. kind of Mm -hmm. leaning on you to be that bridge of understanding. And I think that there is, uh, and women, we argued about this. There's some, you know, you, you love the African WhatsApp, the family WhatsApps or the immigrant mm. WhatsApps. There's all kinds of videos that come out. I think that there are a lot of parallels, obviously, to draw between the African-American experience and the experience of like black people in a lot of different countries. And mm. um, even in African countries, and we can take, those parallels and those experiences but in the same vein that if you're looking at other people of color groups mm-hmm. um within the u.s mm-hmm. there are parallels but it's still a unique experience it's a unique, yeah. we should honor the uniqueness of that mm-hmm. uh and i would just say it's just another way for me i have felt that it's another way that That's just kind of hard as someone who has family and friends outside of the U.S. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's crap in a lot of places, but it is really shitty here. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just like that kind of same thing. It's another piece of that pie. The same yeah. way that a white friend or a non-white or non-black, you know, just non-black people, non-black people living in America checking in but in a way where it's like what can I learn from you? What do you have to tell me? I don't have to tell you nothing. (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing you know, it's kind of like what books do you recommend? You know, I I have, you know, I love Amanda Seals's like that remix that they made of that video. I don't have the time. I'm on my trampoline. (laughs) What books have I read? I'm not reading the books on that list because those books are not for me. I don't need to learn how to be less racist. I mean, this also ties back into what you what you said before. Like, what do you do when, let's say, your your church, where you may be the only black person in the church, asks you to come in and share your experience as being black living in the community? Yeah. Do you say no, or do you do you use it as an opportunity to educate? I, I know someone who this happened to. When she first told me, I was like. Mm. I wouldn't do it. This is not your job. Right. It's not, but it's sort of, but that's why it needs to be each individual, right? I respect, it's just like with protests. If you are going to go out and protest, I respect that. And I also say what a country we live in, that in the middle of a global pandemic, people feel so angry, so hopeless, so just frustrated. And the only thing that they can do is go out in the streets in the middle of this. It's about how much emotional labor you feel like putting up. Again, I've definitely done it in in in, in context where other people have been like, God bless, because I would not, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing for it. It, it needs yeah. to be your choice. Yeah. But it's about how you do need that understanding. It's a weird like space because it's like 
the spotlight is on you. Yeah. It's on you in these weird ways of people trying to like be extra and be like, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, I know it wasn't a good weekend for you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Google. Just Google stuff. <laughs> Don't message me. Don't um. <laughs> Don't a, expect me to be that bridge. I think it's the expectation of it, yeah. right? But it is hard because if you're the only, then you probably feel that onus is on you more. And the sad part is, is that you, when I've been in that situation, I do go, you know what? I am probably one of the only black people that could actually have this conversation or say this and have these people have it resonate. Yeah. Um, but only I say you know do it it's with anything else do it when you feel comfortable when yeah. you feel like it's the right thing to do for you and if you never do it if you never pick up one of these books if you no, never go to okay. a protest go do your nails go figure out how to do it I'm trying to figure out how to do a manicure myself because <laughs> I ain't going to know you know I really You're need not going to the, the nail salon no I'm, a, I'm, I'm trying to file them and shape them and you know do things yeah. um do the things that you need to do to keep yourself healthy. Yes, yeah. is at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. So it is crazy times. Are this ushers in real change? That's that's one thing that I I keep going back and forth on. Is I, this going to be? Is this going to be just a performance of you know we have Congress you know, kneeling? You know, the, you may mean well, but the, that is just a performance. Well, we're several weeks out from it, and I think that was another piece of it for me. I was just really quiet and kind of angry and stewing in myself because it felt, again, it feels so performative. What is really going to change things is really understanding that there is a continuum. And it starts out with these microaggressions. It starts out with these assumptions that you have about people that you can't even put your finger on. The grabbing your purse when a black man is nearby. The, you know, being more likely to suspend a black child. Thinking black people don't feel pain at the same levels that other people do. (laughs) You know, as someone with family members with sickle cell, that shit is not okay. Um, But there's a whole continuum of that. You don't just get to somebody's knee on someone's neck. The reason why that could happen is because of these little things that everybody does every day. Yeah. That creates a society where that is that is an action that one would take. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I am not cautiously optimistic. I'm sort of over it. Um, I- I'm sitting here like changing Aunt Jemima's name is the best you could do. Why did it take now? You know like, why? No. You know why? And what does that really do for anyone? <laughs> How does that materially make me safer? It doesn't. And and, I, and unfortunately, it's the same for all these these groups, these countries. You know, please stop. <laughs> Black people have been saying for forever that the Confederate flag, that these harking, harkenings yes. to the antebellum South, that that stuff is racist and it's hurtful. And but it's part um, of their culture, girl. That's part of their culture, bungalow. No, but it, well, now you know people culture. are changing. They're removing the you know antebellum and Dixie and all these things from their names. That doesn't materially help me feel any safer. Um, so yeah, time will tell. Um, hope I still continue to think about New Zealand as a 
<laughs> your utopia <laughs> as a place i might immigrate to um the land of xenia warrior princess and other things um and the land of no covid19 as well uh, <laughs> yeah well hopefully next time next time we chat things will be better i just i pray that things are better yeah. that at the end of the day these outbreaks don't lead to as many deaths as as we had in march yeah it i seems hope that we're we get- getting there I hope we get serious about yeah. the measures that are necessary and that we have leadership that's being clear about things as wear masks, yeah. protect yourselves, stay safe, take care, and yeah, stay healthy as, as much as possible. Yeah. See y'all on the other side in 2021 because that's probably the next time we'll be able to actually. <laughs> we pray to God that by 2021 we're out of this. Yeah, inshallah. Let's, let's just pray at this point in time. We all we have is prayer. That's basically it. Lord, give us a vaccine. Well, we'll catch you all later. Yeah. See you later, nuns. Right, see you later. Yeah. Yeah.